0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Alphritis Podcast, official podcast of Digital and Creative Media Works, where each week we take something from pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name is David. My name is Ben. And this week, you don't seem very excited. No, I'm not really. Well, se- I am excited. Of, you seemed a bit cold just then. You were like, maybe I'm not into it. No, 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 no. I'm excited, but it's it's a weird one. It's going to be an interesting one because this week, you know, we're continuing fantasy month. We had a good run last week. Yeah, with, so in uh, the continuation of fantasy, with Bright, which was boy, that was tough to watch. So yeah, this that was week, a rough one. We thought what we try and do is talk about something that is fantasy adjacent and explain why it really should be something that it isn't, and that basically Stephen Moffat's a fucking raving lunatic because this <laughs> week we are talking about the fantasy of Doctor Who. <laughs> Wait, that's X Files. How does Doctor yeah, Who that, go?
1: Similarly. It's very but
0: similar, but it has a drumbeat in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, you finally watched Doctor Who. It's only well, taken you most of your life.
1: Yeah, I'm up to like, I'd say halfway through Moffat. hmm I think.
0: Right. Halfway through Fair, Moffat. A, a so.
1: decent way through Moffat. So like not Moffat. Capaldi. Capaldi. That's what I meant to yeah. say. So you've so we're you've mostly been... we're nearly finished Moffat. So actually. you've been with
0: Moffat for all of the bad. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. We've
1: gone through. Uh, yeah, we're we're through Capaldi's
0: because season five starts <laughs> fine and then gets worse and then you yeah, have that, to like remind normal. me what half of these seasons. Are, season cause... five is Matt Smith's first season okay and it starts okay with the crack on the wall stuff it's a bit conceited and then yeah. it ends badly i didn't like season six is dog shit and then season seven is dog shit and season eight is dog shit and season <laughs> nine is dog shit <laughs>
1: so, so what I would i be up to i, I think, think you're like season
0: eight or nine i think eight
1: we're up to we finished
0: seven well Capaldi's capaldi's first season is season seven no eight eight yeah because season seven is matt Smith's last matt Matt Smith's Smith's last season, and that's when Matt Smith and Clara have a handful of episodes together, and they're the best episodes of that show that have been in a long time, since Russell T. Davis.
1: I don't mind Clara. Clara's a great companion. Let's let's, let's not review every season.
0: Hey, listen, we're doing an episode by episode (laughs) doc 2 analysis. We're going to be here for 27 (laughs) hours, and you're going to love every second of it.
1: Episode one. It's
0: a good one. It's a great episode two. It's also a good one. Actually, um, the whole first season ended yeah, like- <laughs> it's, it's good. Well, no, that's kind of what I wanted to touch on. Like, so the reason the first season works really well is it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like, yeah, there's no. It's a dark ass show, but it's never like. It hits, hits the plot. Like, Russell C. Davies is never like, guys there's a grand plot and at the end of the season you're gonna find out what, what it's all been about you know yeah. what, what, you're gonna it's get not, the
1: reward it's for, not Sherlock no
0: it's not it's not <laughs> dog shit bad Sherlock where it's like Stephen Moffat promising some big grand outcome but then you get to the big grand outcome and he goes and hey it's listen kind of shit guys you'll find out next season what it's all about <laughs> next season what it's all about and you know like Doctor Who for instance at the end of season 5 you know, there's a cra- where did the cracks in the universe come from? Was a TARDIS exploding? Why did the TARDIS explode? Yeah. Well, it was the silence. What are the silence? I don't know. Come tune in next season. Oh, the silence of these aliens that make you forget where you're looking. Who sent them? Why did they cause the crack in the TARDIS? At the end of the season, it's like, gee, I don't know, but find out. Come back next season. So they're a religion. Come back next season to find out what they're
1: all about. So coming from...
0: I wasn't done. Then season seven, it's like, <laughs> the silence will fall and the question is asked. What's the question? I don't know. Tune in by the end of the season to find out what's the question. Oh, it's spoiler. The doctor's it's, name. it's just f- Doctor Who. What's the doctor's, That's the question. What's the Doctor's I name? I get it. T- don't know. Tune in next season to find out. Fucking idiots. Have they... They've, they've never actually... They've... No, because it's a dumb premise. Yeah. It's fucking insane. It's like, what's his name? Gee, I don't know. Is that not the... It it Frank? It couldn't be further from the central premise of the show. Steven Moffat is so fucking obsessed with making the Doctor into the, the main hero character of the show that he completely fucking forgot what the show's about, which is about the companions being good people and the Doctor being kind of this aloof mess. And I'm fucking sick of Stephen <clears throat> Moffat writing the way that he does pretending that he's got something to say when ultimately he's had literally three ideas one of them is the weeping angels another one is a very complicated episode where a bunch of people die and then they come back at the end and then the final one is is underwater ghosts and he's done that like five times and i'm just tired of seeing him do the same shit over and over and pretend that it's art and like can we just not can people can stop hiring him He's not done anything good (laughs) since he did those episodes of Doctor Who, and those were only good because they had to be self-contained.
1: I think it's, like, my perspective of Doctor Who, because I've only watched it, like, last year, this year. Mm -hmm. Like, I knew, like, of the existence of, like, the silence and, like, the Mm -hmm. Daleks and all these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, the Weeping Angels. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, so the first episode of Doctor Who I saw, like, recently, the first, first episode I saw, like, as a kid, Mm -hmm. was... um, the fucking Are You my mummy. Oh, done. I, t- I was done. Yeah, that was that was it. That is um, a scary ass fucking. Yeah, idea. I didn't watch Doctor Who after that. Uh, but fair. like the first one I sort of watched recently was the Weeping Angels episode because it's kind of standalone. The blink.
0: Yeah, blink again. Stephen and off and
1: I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, dude, this is sick as. It's fuck. fucking balls um, to the
0: wall. It's so good.
1: And I knew about things like the silence and like just peripherally. Yeah, like yeah. I understood like their gimmick as like aliens like i got uh, like I'm, and like because you, you know as just adjacently you know even if you haven't seen doctor by who, you know what yeah you know what a weeping <sighs> angel is that's really is, unfortunate and you know like what the silence are
0: because yeah that's interesting i guess my perspective is totally different because i grew up with doctor who so all of that stuff when it happened was like what the fuck like i saw yeah. i saw the f- the opening of season six so the w- episodes with the silence creatures in cinema with like 400 other people yeah and it was the first time it had been shown in <laughs> australia and it was like Yo, terrifying. like the first time that someone looks away and goes, "Oh, and what were we talking about?" And you go, "What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what?" Yeah. Like, and you know, when when you f- when Blink first came on, it was like the scariest shit. Yeah. By the way, the Blink and the Silence are the oh. same gimmick. Just so you know, it's looking in the direction. One of them is Slenderman. And the other the other one is literally like already something that exists in Star Trek, but it's fine. Stephen Moffat has great it's just, original it's just ideas. They're
1: reversed the ones that look like Slenderman aren't <laughs> Slender Man.
0: It's just like come on, come on, Steve. What are you doing? So, yeah,
1: like so, like I already understood like the premise, mm-hmm. like as as the aliens, but like
0: yeah, the broad strokes gimmick.
1: Yeah, but Blink, like if you un- even if you understand the gimmick, Blink is an amazing episode it's incredible like, blink is like s- like the cinematography is fucking insane like the, the wild the cuts that they do when someone like walks in front of the camera and like the they'll change like in uh, the background and stuff like there's all these subtle yeah, things where it's so like where in universe it makes sense like yep. they'll move because they're not being looked at
0: and but they don't they don't it, it's not it's not like telegraphed in a lot of the scenes there's just statues that move in the background of scenes you don't. You, you notice only, you only you notice back. it if
1: you know the gimmick
0: which is which really, is even scarier which again with the first time you realize the, the first yeah. time you realize what what's happening halfway through the episode like you go oh that whole the, time because yeah. then you remember you're like there's angels in the f- oh shit yeah. like it's just this real like it's a twist because it's using the available information that you already had and then you actually have, you could have worked out that the angels yeah. were these creatures that were statues that were moving that's a great twist and it's, it's terrifying when you realize what they are and they go into yeah. that, that scene in the basement at the end of that episode is horrifying. Yeah. When the lights swinging and going out and shit, yeah. and the TARDIS starts to disappear, and you're like, no! <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's scary as shit, and yeah. that's what Stephen Moffat
1: does really well. But the silence, like, knowing the gimmick <sighs> of the silence, it's not as good an episode. Well, it's like- also,
0: yeah... I think part of it is... The fact they can shoot lightning from their fingers is dumb. <laughs> yeah, what I was forgot, that about? I forgot they could do that. that's not something but To that be they fair,
1: should... the, the Weeping Angels send you back in time. But you don't <laughs> see it happening.
0: Like, it's off-screen. There's a cut, and then they're back. you're back in time. They yeah, don't right. A worm they, don't like, of they don't Jedi lightning. Yeah, they don't like, force lightning what either. would be really cool is if, like, the here's what they should have done with the silence, yeah. and Stevie Moffat would have been copying himself, which he's very good at doing. So when, when someone's looking at the silence and they kill them someone else, the way that you show them getting killed, is someone else looks back and that person is gone and they've forgotten about them. Yeah. That'd be fucking like, that'd be, you'd be like, what the, where the fuck, who, what? Like, you know, in that bathroom scene when Amy first meets, they're in the White House or whatever and she, there's the silence in the bathroom and she's sick and she turns and there's an American woman and she's like, is that a Star Trek mask? And then if Amy turned around and the woman was gone and she's like, and she feels really upset, but she's not sure why. That'd be fucking wild. Mm. Why didn't they do that? Why, why, why big laser fingers? Was it because it <laughs> was pitched at Americans? That those two episodes, probably. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know where it comes from. Where like Weeping Angels, like that episode is so much better, even though like they're both sort of very iconic.
0: I think it's a transition that occurred when Doctor Who went from being very British to being pitched as like a a high concept American sci well, I mean all adventure. you have to
1: do is look at the fucking opening for like season 4 and 5 to understand that like how Americanized it got. It got really Americanized fucking,
0: where they explain the concept at Yeah, the start of with the uh,
1: what's her name openings. Um
0: at uh, the Amy Palm where she explains yeah, the That made me about. hate <laughs> <laughs> that made me hate Amy. So it sucks, of. man. And the and the, the weirdest. I don't thing, hate her, but like
1: fuck, I hate her because of
0: those openings The the strangest thing is they go back to that in season. They go they they go back to the old. Way of doing it in season seven with Clara's character, where they never explain anything about her until yeah. the very end when they ruin it. But like, oh my f- fucking, it, god. The,
1: oh my fucking god! I could, oh my fucking god! When they they when
0: spoil they... it in the
1: opening, they don't even let the episode run. They just, I That's the worst. I, which if is you a shame because you probably
0: don't know what this which is, is a shame because but... she's one of the best characters. And they, they, but they, just... they, but they can't leave it at that. Then in season eight, they ruin her again. When they, have, are you when, up to that?
1: No, 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 no. Well, I okay. we got up to the. We 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 got up to that episode where it reveals like her whole premise in like before even the credits roll. Yeah, that's
0: in season seven,
1: and yeah. we watched that, and I was like, "Guess I don't need to see the episode anymore." The, I walked off. I was worst- like, "No, is, I I've
0: seen it. They've just..." It's so dumb. There was no Builder. The, the worst part about that, that is it comes off one of the best episodes of show all the show Oh, time. it does.
1: It just starts. Which, and yeah. because it's just like spoilers. You're like, I didn't need to see me? this. Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah. Which is unfortunate, because like, I, I guess the reason, so the episode, um, the 50th anniversary episode of Doctor Who is one of the best of the show ever, um, which is where David Tennant the... and Matt Smith bang about together.
1: That's the three, with like yeah, all three the of three them? the three Doctors, yeah.
0: It's really fucking good.
1: Well, that's the, that's Matt Smith, Tennant, and, and then- John Hurt. Yeah, yeah, as like the war. Doctor? Yeah. and it's war really, doctor? uh, no. yeah, war Doctor the war, is, war Doctor. Yeah, no, was not War Doctor? It's John Hurt. Isn't War Doctor what people call the first season Doctor? What's his name?
0: You th- what you thinking of Christopher Eccleston? No, no. Yeah. Christopher Eccleston was the, the Doctor the... after. No, no, the War Doctor is John Hurt. Right. And then I know there's some weird stuff with the number. And eh? then ninth, one of them is the one yeah. Doctor. So that, that's that's John Hurt's character, and then Christopher right, Eccleston yeah. in season one is the ninth doctor. Yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. Because they needed to fit. But of them, he's the so tenth they, regeneration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And then Matt Smith is now like the he was like the thirteenth. Th- but yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. aren't unimportant. But the reason that works really well is that they understood what made the show good. Well, which Matt isn't, Smith, part two. <laughs> yes, because exactly. he regenerates the, into that's himself. what I mean. Because he's
1: just a bit of a
0: wanker. And then also. <laughs> He uses some of his regeneration energy to heal River Song, which is apparently a thing you can just do now in Doctor. I think Kim. we should get to that. <sighs>
1: yeah, because I think that's the main part of yeah. What the, we kind of need to talk. My about.
0: primary issue with what's happened to the show is it went from something that was in that was both a fantasy and kind of a fairytale genre, so, and it, it was it, the framing device is sci-fi, but the genre conventions aren't sci-fi conventions. The, the Doctor does stuff that doesn't need to be explained and yeah. things in the universe you know it's, there's it's in, no star Trek. in season one there's a, there's a there's an episode where people have holes in their head that let them jack data in through this energy stream and at no point does someone sit down and go well this is how that works you just see how it works and you intuit it and you don't need an explanation oh, thought, that yeah that that borrows from that like fairy tale genre kind of thing where no one ever goes well Little Red Riding Hood could never, like, fight off the big bad wolf. <laughs> like, wolves can't talk. Like, no one ever thinks that when they talk about fairy tales. So, in the same way, Doctor Who, no one is sitting there going, but how does the big energy beam thing put energy into that, uh, knowledge into their brain? Just, just energy. It just works. It, it just, just does. does. Hey, how does the TARDIS travel through time and space? I don't <laughs> it just does, dog. You know, like, and that, that stuff is fun and cool and when you get little allusions to how it works, like, there's a great episode in season six, or seven, rather, season seven with Clara and Matt Smith, where uh, they go inside the TARDIS, and they go into this, like, timeless shard room where, like, it's, like, a frozen moment of something or other, and they go through, like, the sun that is fueling the engine. And they never explain how all of it works, but you go, this is a fucking complex machine. That's kind of buck wild. Yeah. Whereas, later on, Stephen Moffat has this really bad habit of being, like, and, you know, he'll go, here's a plot setup, and I'm going to explain every single thing about it as it <laughs> happens, so you never have to worry about thinking ever again.
1: Well, even just... The, the the annoying kind of inconsistencies where the, the show will, like... It'll give itself a rule in one of the episodes mm-hmm. for, like, the convenience of the plot. The yep. big one being, like, the fixed points in times. You know, things like, why not just go back and kill Hitler? And he's like, well, it's a fixed point. We can't kill Hitler. Exactly. Or, like, why not... Why not not let you die? Like, why not prevent your death?
0: They even like- do that in Season 1 with Rosa's dad, where she goes back and she tries to save him from dying, and it creates a literal time paradox, and time demons come and try and yeah. kill them. And That's, like, like, a cool rule. Yeah. yeah, and
1: they, you know, they're just, like, you know, he has to, like, this is a fixed point. Your dad has to die. And she's like, okay, bloody, you know, that gets resolved. And so you have this idea of, like, they've created... They've created a rule in a fantasy universe, which, like, generally when you have like if you have like sci-fi which is like usually sci-fi tries to be more like like sci- like science fiction yeah like so stuff like star trek is like more sci-fi stuff like star wars is kind
0: of science fantasy
1: more it's, fantasy yeah it's
0: it's, it's it's even more on the side of being like a space opera fantasy yeah
1: so like sci-fi as a like a a, a narrative or i guess a
0: it's more uh, of a framing device like it's yeah. it's an external genre it's not necessarily yeah, it, it, it
1: more informs like the the setting. It's and, the window. Like, it's the window dressing. Yeah. yeah. It's um, it's
0: which powers and what does it all look like. And so when
1: when like when a fantasy series creates like a rule like that, you kind of like you take it as you take it as a rule like in the world, either right. like as like a physical rule, something that can't be broken, or as like even just a thematic rule that there'll be consequences.
0: Yeah. Like in Harry Potter, you can't apparate in Hogwarts, and no one is ever like, well. Why can Dumbledore operate in Hogwarts? Like, you work out the rules as you go, kind of thing. Whereas I feel like one of the biggest problems with Doctor Who is they'll set up all of those rules, and then for the convenience of one episode, they'll just kind of of disregard them entirely, and then try and ride around it in a really lazy way that makes no sense. And, like, that's fine if you have,
1: like, that works. Like, breaking a rule that you've established works really in in the way that Doctor Who does really only works if the rule is really well defined and the way around the rule is... O- the way that they've got it around it is also really well defined. Yes. And it's less of a convenience and more of like a really clever thing. Yeah, it's and just you like, go, oh, oh, that's a really smart loophole.
0: And, th- and then there's always some kind of... There's either a consequence or it was, there was a cost to or, doing yeah, or it.
1: Yeah, it was like a major
0: problem. Yeah. Instead of what they kind of get into the habit of doing... Like, there's an episode in one of the Doctor Who episodes uh, that is coming up for you where someone is trying to steal the Doctor's regenerations and they there's a device that is constructed that can extract them from him, sure. And that's the the way that they justify that is they have an episode where that happens, and then Stephen Moffat retroactively in a later episode writes in a machine that can bestow regenerations into people, such that Time Lords aren't born they're made, which is really <laughs> weird and dumb because then. The Doctor having only 13 regenerations is immediately disregarded because it was what he was trying to fix that season because he knew it was coming up. Yeah. So rather than just go, he's fine, that rules bullshit doesn't exist. He was like, well, how do I write around this? What if I made a machine that gave people regenerations and then rewrote the entire history of Doctor Who at the same time? And that's what he did. And then at the same time, rewrote the whole history of the Daleks uh, after having rewritten the entire history of Doctor Who a, a, a few seasons prior with Clara. Like, he just can't. Actually, write a good story, so he has to keep retroactively trying to like <coughs> fix these rules that he's made that he decides he doesn't, he doesn't want anymore.
1: Yeah, that's like you mentioned the Daleks. They like the Daleks are my favorite villain in Doctor Who. Like, mm-hmm. I love the Daleks, I think they're hilarious. Like their motivations are so just like believable. They're real good. Yeah. Like I, I ever since like the first Dalek in like season one, which is like such a good episode. Like yeah, one of the like that like that as an introduction in, as an introduction to the Daleks is amazing.
0: It's incredible because it, it both characterizes
1: so the the um Eccleston's Doctor as being like a bit of a psycho, and the Daleks is also being mostly a bit crazy. Um
0: I, Yeah, and you learn in that episode that the daleks for the doctor are something that will make him do things he wouldn't normally yeah and it's but and the cool thing about that episode is he's confronted by that in the episode it's not oh uh, he'll he'll learn from it later like literally in the episode rose is like well you'll have to shoot me if you're going to kill it and he's yeah. got this giant gun she's like <laughs> she's like what does this make you and he's like oh, fuck like you get to see him change and grow in that episode as a and result the of the best that line
1: come. in all of doctor who of, you would make a good dalek which steven oh. Moffat
0: fucking Oh. Copies, he, yeah, he does, and and completely misses the point of why it was a good line. Yeah, so it's... he literally copies the exact same line in season seven, where the Doctor goes inside a Dalek. Right, he goes into the Dalek, and he, I think, he goes into the Dalek's mind for some reason. And they like, sh- don't they? Sh- they get shrunk. Yeah, they shrink, and then they go into it. But but it, like, but and, him and, and, and the him and the Dalek meld minds at some point. Yeah, I wasn't really paying attention so to some, that episode. <laughs> but and and the justification in the episode is that the Doctor in that episode, is willing to sacrifice people's lives to fix this Dalek, to have this Dalek kill other Daleks. Yeah. That's what he's trying to do. That's his mission, right? And so the, the show in that in that episode, the show's justification for him being called, well, you would make a good Dalek, is that what he tries to do is bridge minds with the Dalek to show it the wonders of the universe. But what it finds within him is also the, his hatred for the Daleks. Mm. And so then, the, then that Dalek hates all other Daleks, which is kind of a win, because that's what they were going for. The problem is, that's, th- that's the outcome that he wanted. So the line isn't impactful, because you go, yeah, that was what he was trying to do. It's like, yeah. He- so it doesn't work. It'd be like if in, if in that Eccleston episode, um, the Dalek was like, you would make a good soldier. You'd be like, well, yeah, like, of course. Like, it's the same. You, you go- would do well in a time war. <laughs> You would you would do well if you were locked underground with a Dalek. It's like yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. I know. That's what we're trying to do. Like it, it just it doesn't have any of the impact because Moffat misunderstood what made the first thing interesting. And I think that that's a that's a safe sweeping characterization of a lot of when he brings stuff back in. So like you know when and th- this hasn't happened for you yet, but he brings in all these concepts from like you know uh, the fourth and third Doctor and tries to kind of reuse them in their new setting and. He actually at one point completely rewrites the Daleks history yeah. and pretends that it had always been that way. It's fucking weird. Like, he does that kind of thing all the time because he just has run out of ideas. Made worse by the fact that in the latest Christmas special, literally the whole episode has no plot. And I'm not exaggerating. It Like, there isn't a story. Like, it's... There's a... F- time freezes in certain places. Um, The Doctor ends up on a planet that is the database at the center of the universe, There's a Dalek on it. Oh, surprise! He goes there, and and the episode's over. Yeah, so that's that's like that's the
1: thing with like Daleks. Like I I originally really liked them, but they're like
0: beat them into the ground.
1: Yeah, they've they've through just like you know multiple season finales involving them to the point (sighs) where it kind of it would kind of get predictable. It like it was more fun with them. Yeah, it was more... that I think that the fun Dalek episodes are the ones where, like, for the first half, there's just, like, stuff happening, yeah. and then one just enters the room and you're says, like, hello, Doctor! And you're like, what is he doing here? Dude, the, <laughs> like...
0: the, the ones with tenant, where, like, um, where there's, like, those ghost phase things, you know, like, ghosts appear in London everywhere, Yeah, and it turns out to be Cybermen, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, that's fucking nutty! And then, like... They, you know, doctors like, well, this is all bad news because this shouldn't be happening. Yeah. and then a fucking Dalek rolls up. You're like, oh shit, got real? Like yeah. it's cool. My, my f- yeah, it's exciting. My,
1: my favorite time, especially like in when they use these like really notable villains, like. And th- this is kind of like contrasted to the the Weeping Angels and the Silence is when it's just like, it's like plot, 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 suddenly Daleks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's like stuff happening. You're like, oh, what's going on? Yep. Suddenly Cybermen.
0: Oh, dude. Anytime there's, <laughs> anytime there's like an elaborate plot happening. And then at the end, like it's halfway just- through, you realize it's like Cybermen the whole time. You're like, that's cool.
1: <laughs> it's so much cooler than like... Than
0: just, here's a dumb, like the Daleks want to destroy this or thing. Or like here's
1: a, here's a weird mangled, like fixed like plot like fixed timeline and even like the later um like the the later uh weeping angel episodes and all of the silence episodes (laughs) they they it's weird because that like they start with like oh there's silence in this episode and it's never like halfway through you've it's like the realization that it was you know if you know if later episodes like halfway through you realize that it's been the silence the whole time you'd be
0: like dude you'd be
1: like that's wild but they never do that because th- they always got to milk the well, whole oh I, we've we've got lines on our arms it's i th- like, I, th- ah. I think it
0: speaks to a level of moffat's insecurity as a writer like and i talked we talked about this when we t- when I did when we did our sherlock season three episode but he's so insecure that people like, like and i don't know where it comes from but he's so insecure that people aren't gonna get it or that they're gonna think that it didn't make any sense because they didn't get it that He's so unwilling to trust his audience in any way. So, you can't have an episode where halfway through you realize it's the silence because that wouldn't, like, he would be so afraid that you wouldn't get that it's going to be the silence that when the reveal happens, you'd be like, why is it the silence? Like, yeah. he just so doesn't trust his work to stand by its own. He needs to show you what it's well, about. With anything, like, I've had
1: moments where it's like, why are the silence there? Mm. Because there's no there's no lead up. You, you yeah, there's don't... no like big reveal of them. Like a scene will just happen. There'll be a silence standing there. You're
0: like, why? Think think about the, the reveal of in season four, um, the the forest of the dead episode where the Doctor and the Donna go to this planet that's a library and it's dead empty. It's supposed to be like full of millions of people and it's dead empty. And they go to a console and it says, you know, three bajillion, three billion life forms found, but yeah. no people. And he's yeah. like, what the fuck? that's weird and they kind of bang around the place and there's an evacuation order on this screen and they go well we should get out of here and he's like yeah we're not going to do that so they kind of bang about and it takes you a good like 15 to 20 minutes before you know you get the first reveal of the you know he, he he's he's walking about and they meet river song and there's all these people and there's all this stuff happening it's well, crazy, yeah, that's also stuff.
1: river's introduction yeah which is
0: like... and it's because it's not part of, it's not really the focus of the episode yeah. and then about like 20 minutes in he goes oh, I know what this is. And you're like, what? And he like gets out a torch, and he's like, torching the shadows. He's like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And he's like, does anyone have any lunch? And you're like, what is happening? And he throws a drumstick into the shadows, and it becomes bone instantly, because yeah. these creatures have eaten it. And you're like, like that's all you need. You're like, need. fuck, dude. That, like, they're in the shadows, this, dude. Yeah. That's like crazy. You know, those kinds of reveals work so well, because you're given time to start to be like, what could it be? Like, you know, what took all these people? Where would it come from? And then when you work out it, it was in the yeah, books in the this, whole time. In this
1: crazy, in this crazy zany Doctor Who yeah, universe, what but, is it?
0: But you can work it out because you go, well, there's tons of books and there was a forest that was cut down that had the Narada in it and this is their new forest and that's why they're at the library. That's why no one's here. And then no one died because this this uh, the Moon computer database uploaded everyone. <laughs> like, all of that stuff you can work out as you go but it's not, it's not, it's, like, it's not told to you. Whereas yeah. Moffat's version of that is... The ending of uh, I think it's season seven, which is where uh, Missy creates like an army of Cybermen or whatever from dead people. I don't know if you remember that or if that's happened. I think that's definitely happened. May I don't know. It's it's the end of uh, Capaldi's first season, oh, and fuck, Missy I... has this thing. So she, when people die, she uploads them into this. No, I I'm,
1: I'm I'm currently in the season. Missy's like the one where they tease her at like the end of every episode. Constantly, yeah, yes. no, I am still dealing oh, you're with in that. that okay. Okay. I'm in that. Well,
0: season. the the outcome of that season is is badly executed because it it tries to set it up really well, but the problem is the whole time you don't like it's got nothing to do with the story has nothing to do with anything else. Like, the Bad Wolf stuff in Season 1. The fact that a kid graffitis Bad Wolf on the side of the TARDIS in Episode 3 ostensibly has nothing to do with the finale, but it takes nothing away from the episode you're watching. Yeah. Whereas every single script in Season 7, Stephen Moffat has decided that five minutes needs to be cut out of the story to deal with this Missy subplot. Well, even, like,
1: he was even doing that earlier with the, like, with the, the fucking, like, River Song being blah oh that
0: conceited like, thing where she time it's her as a young person that she's yeah on all that shit like yeah. that
1: whole like you know they he did the same thing where like the end of I think the start of, like, every episode started with some confusing thing that wasn't revealed until the end of the episode. which so End of the season, which ended up ruining one of the characters anyway. So yeah, it's like, oh, so okay. not didn't, didn't, act, didn't actually want and that. And it was an
0: alternate timeline anyway, so it was the fucking point. <laughs> but, like, I mean, I think it's because he, he got too much success from his first season, where he had the crack, cracks in the wall through time. I they, just, even which, that was, like... Just... That was fine. Like, but that was fine, because most episodes, that was, like, maybe ten seconds, where they sh- you saw it.
1: Yeah, like, I think, in terms of sort of, like, build-ups, like, that wasn't too bad, because the first one, like, the very first instance of it, where it's just literally the crack in a wall, mm-hmm. you're kind of just like, oh, it's a shitty house. And then it's like, but, you know, as they sort of, like, keep repeating the crack here, then everywhere, and even, like, at some points, like, in the middle of episodes, where Dr. Boy will, like, was it will a like wee- see was it-, it and be like, what is it? a weeping edge
0: Is one where he's like, yeah, they're in that room, and he looks up, he's like, what the fuck? yeah like and and, and it's used as a device that is in is useful in standalone stories like that weeping angels one he uses it to sort of suck them all in yeah yeah, yeah. and defeat them but it's not to do with the episode like it's not sorry it's it's not not to do with the episode like it's not like he did that and then it revealed something about the end plot
1: it was just yeah it was just kind of a weird another fantasy thing yeah
0: it was just science fantasy just like uh, yeah it was like gandalf
1: doing a spell gandalf coming back
0: yeah <laughs> yeah it's like cool that's like a fun device not you know stephen moffat trying to trying to write himself around the fact that yeah
1: those weeping angels didn't appear in this season finale because they didn't of need the same to. cracks out of you know, the same no, cracks
0: because oh my god he totally would do that now. he totally would oh yeah. my god you feel like remember shit. all the enemies that fell out, <sighs> All the bad boys now they're all here. here now they're all here dude yeah. i would die that like i know that that fuck he would totally do that now that's like totally up his alley at this point Uh, but no i just think that when you're looking at like the way that you approach a genre like you have to understand that there's conventions for a reason this is something that i've talked about at length with with a lot of people that come to me like which like how, how do i how do i do writing better it's like read stuff that you like and that you are writing in the same like genre of yeah and then try and find things that they all have in common so like every thriller has a moment where the the guy has the gun at the hero's head, like in James Bond, where he's like, "I've got you now, Mister Bond. Prepare expect to die. You to die. Expect you to die." And they explain their plot and <laughs> because, <laughs> because their world they here. do. Yeah, they explain yeah. their plot and why they're doing it, and that, that's like every thriller has that because it, yeah. it you need it. It what makes it work, and people expect it because it's a thriller. And you don't necessarily have to literally do the thing with the guns to the head. You 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 can do those required conventions in interesting, surprising ways, like Silence of the Lambs. That sequence where the guy has the gun to the head is actually where Clarice Starling is in the basement and it's dark and um she you know the, she's being stalked by the guy who's got the night vision goggles. <laughs> it's not the same scene but it has the same function in the story. So yeah. when you're talking about genres and like why Stephen Moffat's writing is so shitty a lot of the time, it's <laughs> he he recognizes that genre exists because he'll do episodes that fall into like it's a detective story or it's a this story or whatever. But he fails consistently to observe why those stories work. Uh, the the best example I can point to is an episode in season four, which is one of my favorite episodes of Doctor Who of all time, which is Midnight. Also, by the way, season four might be the best
1: season. Season four is it's like got Donna. It's the got Last Tenant.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. got Donna. It's got um David Tennant just <laughs> doing his best. Uh, it's got Midnight. It's got the uh, library episodes, and it ends with uh, John Barrowman getting back involved as Captain Jack. It's great. But yeah, so I, I think one of the biggest things that the midnight as an episode that's that's where they get on the doctor gets on the bus that's going across the diamond planet where they can't go outside don't you remember that oh yeah yeah yeah. And, yeah. and there's this presence that comes inside the ship and oh the, yeah. And the, 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 yeah and the yeah and the woman starts repeating it oh again. yeah that it's the creepy that is shit. like that is like
1: prime that's also another like sort of like blink-esque episode where it's just like it's incredible it doesn't yeah, like on a rewatch, you like you have a really good idea of like what is like happening, but it doesn't make like, it less you, interesting. It yeah, it doesn't make it worse. It actually makes it better on a rewatch. Whereas like, then you're yeah. able to like follow it and like really engage with like the progression.
0: Yeah, and you start to uh, understand how it's unfolding. Whereas yeah. Moffat is so telegraphic in the way that he writes plot that when you go back to rewatch something after you get the twist, all you see is him trying to set up the twist. Instead of seeing why the it's getting progressively more complicated. Yeah, yeah. So like with River Song's character, when you realize that she was the girl in the in the suit and that she's on the beach and she's not in control, that doesn't then recontextualize. Yeah, that what doesn't previously happen. Doesn't make it more interesting to rewatch because it's just like oh look, it's River Song. Yeah. In, instead of like the the Midnight it turns thing
1: turns it into a factoid rather than a like an interesting a plot. reason to rewatch. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Whereas like yeah, with Midnight, when you rewatch that, you can see what's starting to happen and you can see the paranoia and the yeah. way this you know, the repeating happens, and the way it starts to latch on to-, to David Tennant, and it's so... That episode is so fucking unsettling, That is av-
1: Yeah, that episode's... It's one of the that's, greatest. That's a very good and one. And it
0: has yeah. one of the best moments in Doctor Who of all time, which is, which is halfway through when everything is going to shit, and... Didi, the um, the the assistant, the scientist, yeah. scientist's assistant, reads a passage uh, about the goblin men. Uh, we shall not look at goblin men. We shall not look at goblin men. And it like it makes my like, it gives me goosebumps even just saying it now because it is so well done and it's not pretentious and it fits the scene perfectly. But Moffat's version of that is having the Doctor do some big speech about how he's incredible and he can solve <laughs> the day instead of what you should do, which is have someone who's concerned about the situation express something genuine. It's not about the Doctor being a hero. It's like yeah. these people are in danger and the thing that makes it interesting is that you you learn about their tensions and and what they're trying to overcome and why they're concerned and they're different in you know, things they want and things they need and, and at the end of the episode you go it makes sense that, like, they sit in silence on the way back and the doctor isn't happy afterwards. Like, he didn't have a great victory. Whereas if it was a Moffat episode, the doctor would swan out of the bus and be like, I've bloody yeah. done it, Clara! What do you reckon? Oh and, yeah, you like know, like, the, it would be
1: insufferable. Like, the pro... The, them, like, going back reminds me a lot of, like, uh, 12 Angry Men. Mm-hmm. There's... Which is this really old, um, black and white film, which is, I think, like, my favorite example of how you can just have a film that's entirely dialogue that's still, like, incredibly engaging. Um it's because it's a it's a stage show the gist of it is 12 it's set in like the 20s and they're part of a jury and they're mm-hmm. trying
0: to yeah they have to come to a consensus they have to come to a consensus yeah. and it
1: starts out as just one guy who thinks the kid's not guilty yep yeah. and they all think he's guilty and then it just progressive progressively goes over but there's yeah. one scene where one of the characters who's like kind of like one of the last guys to convert just starts going like a racist tirade just he just starts going on about because the kids like latino or something this guy just like starts going on and like one by one all of the characters just they're all sitting at a table they all just get up and walk just walk off and just stand in the corner or just like leave and he's just like sitting there just like he's like he's like why he's like come on guys like it's incredible and it's like it's that kind of thing where it's just like there's so much power in just like empty air and just like having characters like exist In the same space together if like you've like you as the viewer have been given all the information you need to work you just need to see them exist in the space and it just it just it's loud it's it's loud
0: with complete silence which is like honestly like and i wish he did more of that which because he he can like we've (laughs) we've like as a writer he can do that but as a showrunner he is incapable of doing that he's, and i think he, it's a, yeah i it, think
1: yeah as a writer you're he's able to take an episode cuz that's all he gets given as a writer it's just mm-hmm. like you have this one episode so he's like okay so he he takes the episode and he whoop he makes he makes the episode
0: self-contained yeah. piece of but he gets story. the show whoa
1: look at all this space i can take one storyline that would be fine in an episode and stretch it out over Mm. five seasons but then look at me i'm steven moffat
0: yeah (laughs) i'm made worse by the fact that he never seems to have worked out what the ending is like like he never has an answer if if you ask someone like what the silence is like it's a race and it's good well actually it's a religion well what's the religion doing well it's trying to stop the doctor from answering the question what's the question well it's doctor who well what's the answer well tune in next time to find (laughs) out Fucking well, it's idiot. like,
1: what's the question? It's like Doctor Who's like, isn't that the <sighs> name of the show? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like, we, isn't that obnoxious? Isn't as that hell? the worst thing ever? Isn't that really, really anti anti The
0: answer, yes, it is. Um, Wouldn't it
1: be way cooler if the question was like, "Why am I here? What am I doing? What's the point of it all?" But no, or, or Doctor
0: like, Who. Or like a better question to end that season would have been, "Who is Clara?" Because that's been a question for like two seasons. You would have been like, "Could have even anything." Th- Anything even else? If you,
1: even if you wanted it to be the same premise, just, like, that that build up, like, I, I like that episode where they reveal the question, Ugh. the guy who's just yeah. the head, even if he was just, like, like, who are you? Would have been better. Would have been better, because, like, that is a sentence? Yeah. Because, like, up to that point, we had been, like, there are so many fucking... Doctor Mo- Who does that and and like it's bigger on the inside jokes. Like every season Moffat has like six of them, with it. and it's S- like S- it,
0: S- it 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 turns that really like important moment into a, a into another joke. To be fair, Moffat does that well once, and that, so Moffat has one good episode that he's written when he was showrunner <laughs> that is flawless back to front and is one of my favorite episodes of all time, and that's Snowman, which is. Uh Christmas special and it's where you first meet Clara and it's in like That's the Victorian, the Victorian era. era and he's like retired. And it's got some bad shit in it, because it's got the lizard lady and she expouts a bit about the doctor. But aside from that, one of the best parts about that is when Clara first goes into the TARDIS and she goes it's it's, it's smaller, smaller on the outside. On the outside. Yeah, yeah. And you're like yeah. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. Oh, shit. I like that one, yeah. And you immediately like her as a character, because yeah. you're like, no one else has said that before. And they have this cool, like, and, weird, sexy Yeah, and sexy the doctor's response is and... just
1: like, well, that's not normally. the Yeah, you've done
0: that wrong. <laughs> yeah. they, they have a really great relationship in that, ruined by Moffat later on, but just, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jenna Coleman's ability as an actress in that show is unparalleled, and her chemistry with Matt Smith is, like, one of the greatest... Creative decisions anyone has made at the BBC in a long time. Yep. And it's a shame that they didn't get a whole season together under a different showrunner.
1: But. Well, just a whole season together. I yeah. feel like they could have easily carried it. <laughs> Incredible.
0: Instead of kind of trying to shoehorn Amy and Rory back into the start of the season for no reason. Oh, my fucking God. Well, I mean, we have to end this episode. But I think that, yeah, ostensibly. Uh, we, we,
1: we should do it. We should go with a Doctor and Companion rankings. Uh, I feel like we, we have- can't,
0: It'll take us too long now. We might do a part two at some point <laughs> okay. after you finish the show because there's yeah. more companions you need to meet. Yeah, true, I um, think there's one more. I think more? you've got two more. Yeah, you got two more because you've yeah. got Nardal and you got Bill. Um, For- oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you should. Uh, yeah, if you haven't watched Doctor Who, there's some choice. Just like go onto IMDb and filter the <laughs> list of Doctor Who episodes by the highest rated ones and just watch the good ones Midnight, Blank, Forest watch of the, the Dead. Good-
1: watch the good standalone ones because you don't need else. No, anything and just else. Great. Just understand that.
0: Or literally the, just watch season one. Yeah. Because it's one yeah. of the better Just
1: understand seasons. that the bee wee does things and then you'll be fine. Yeah. It's, it's great. Just, yeah. And they even make it. Gi- and
0: also, like the fiftieth anniversary, one of the best jokes is John Hurt's War Doctor is like you know, they're pointing the tar- the it Sonic screwdriver, driver and he's like, What are you gonna do? Assemble a cabinet at them? That's fucking great. <laughs> I love that fucking episode. But yeah, no, it's I think Doctor Who should be better, and unfortunately the new show on it they've got is dog shit and bad also. So Oh good. Yeah, it's not gonna get any better, but um
1: but hey, we're gonna keep watching it anyway. But at
0: least it's a woman, so that's something. It's uh, a start, yeah. And Jodie is incredible as an actress. Oh, I and think, she's fantastic. I and think she's gonna be she's amazing. Gonna do a great job, and hopefully the show goes in a completely different direction because it desperately needs it. But not like Torchwood did because that was a bad idea. Um, but yeah, uh, we have to do the part where we do the recommendations for stuff that we've been checking out this week, Ben. What have you? What have you body got? I've been playing L.A. Noir. Yes, it's and a good one.
1: I I don't like Rockstar games. Like I've mm-hmm. never enjoyed mm-hmm. them. Yeah, but. Being able to play Elia Noir as a strictly linear detective puzzle narrative game, it's basically a better telltale game.
0: Yes, it is.
1: With like yep. actual interactivity and like some, you know, little bit of little combat bits here and there where it's but like. pretty brief. Yeah, but it, it's combat. It's it's what Rockstar's good at, but because you just get a little bite sized on nice. it. Nice. You it's, never get sick nice, of it. Yeah. I don't drive anywhere. I got my partner to do all of fuck that, that. Fuck shit. driving. I just want to sit there and, and listen to him chat. <laughs> I just want—I just want to walk around, fucking flip clues around, look at dead bodies. It's great. It's a grand old time. <laughs> I'm, I'm going through Ben's the uh, dream. Yeah, I'm. Go, I'm currently at the second desk, so I'm oh, going nice. through a uh, homicide. The same? Uh, homicide. Yeah. Then I get nice. vice, and then ooh,
0: vice is awesome. Arson's crazy. Yeah, that is the escalation. Yeah, v-
1: Vice is uh, not sorry, not Vice. Uh, yeah, the current one. There's, it's definitely getting into like the. The uh, the intrigue, and, uh, the like, corruption the, stuff is fast. and like the stuff where it's just like, why do they all have the same size shoes? I know. <gasps> A lot of that stuff and is just starts good. getting infuriating. I know. You're like, I, just like there's something bigger. There's something
0: is up here. There's something going so, on. The game is so good. <laughs> if you haven't played, and, it, fucking play. It.
1: And it's the kind of thing where like I might go back and play some of the other Rockstar games if the stories are these good. I mean, GTA Five, is, just um, you have if, to avoid the open world. That's stuff. the thing, because I, I fucking hate the open world of, of Red Wait, Star have you played Red Dead? No. <gasps> I know that's why. I, <gasps> I do have it. I do have Red, you Red Dead. You can
0: fast travel all over the place. Yeah, in Red so
1: Dead. I, might, I might go back to Red Dead, because oh, that's good. That's sort of similar in LA and Noir, where it's yeah, different. Yeah. And then maybe I'll do GTA Five nah, when it's cheap. I wouldn't bother. Um, maybe I'll do the GTA Four stories. They're
0: apparently decent.
1: I actually really like GTA IV's like base game, to be honest.
0: I think and, the uh, base the base game story is way better than okay. any of the DLCs. But it's just me. Um, Who knows? Then maybe I'll
1: redo San Andreas because that game is the best. Pretty GTA good.
0: Game. Um, you yeah, know, definitely fucking Red Dead. That's one of yeah. the best games of all time. Um, I've been doing. I've been so busy this week. I I did replay Halo Four though, which was yes. good um i it's the fun one one of my favorite halo it's actually my favorite halo game which i know is sacrilege because i'm supposed to say halo 3 you but, meant to say halo 3 but yeah. halo 4's story <laughs> is so good and cortana and chief's dynamic and that is so good and it makes me cry every time i finish it so oh. there's that um i really enjoyed that also love season 3 comes out tomorrow when this goes up so i'll be watching that all weekend when i'm not busy uh but yeah i think that's it i haven't really been been doing much else except yeah working and bloody playing halo um <laughs> I think that's it. Still yeah.
1: still playing Warframe. That still game playing is,
0: Warframe. You got a fucking problem, dude.
1: I, it is yeah, it's rough.
0: Yeah. Uh but uh it's a time of the week, Ben. Where can people find us? Uh Facebook. Uh DCMworks Social. YouTube. YouTube.com slash DCMworks. Twitter. At DCM underscore works. Couldn't get the couldn't get the dot. Someone already had it. Really? Yeah. There's a company that's DCM They don't use it. And I've sent try to... I've sent them to be like, give it to me, bitch, yeah. but they haven't got back to me. Oh, so. uh, well, yeah. uh, <laughs> Patreon. Patreon.com <laughs> slash DCMWorks, uh, where at the moment we're doing a, a our Untitled Road to Infinity War podcast, where each week we watch uh, more of the Marvel MCU until <sighs> we're up to date. Uh, this week's episode hasn't gone up because Patreon just won't post it. I don't know what oh, that's good. about. So I'm just dealing with that error currently. But so nice. you might get two next week, I don't know. But yeah, each double week, whammy. Each week uh Ben my uh myself Ben and Laura are watching uh at least two MCU films in Maybe the lead up to Maybe three if we can handle the, the pain. Yeah, uh with the goal of having watched them by the time that we get there. Uh I'm not excited. I'm already having a hard time with it. Avengers was good, but everything else I'm struggling with. <laughs> Uh, there's too many there is there is it's only gonna get worse David I know it's only gonna get even quicker but we get Guardians on the horizon and that's a good one we get
1: Guardians on the horizon then there's a few interesting filler ones we get Mm. Avengers 2 Mm. then we get Guardians 2 Mm,
0: which is a good one and yeah. also Spider-Man Homecoming. And that's a good one. And Doctor Strange, which yeah, is also yeah, yeah. a good one. So yeah, I don't know. If you wanna hear us slowly lose our minds week <laughs> to week, uh you can subscribe for three dollars a month. You also get access to, I think it's about thirty-seven uh episodes of other stuff that we've done. That's Patreon exclusive, including 30. part twos for Alpharatis episodes where we go back and we rediscuss something. Uh some weird stuff that I'm doing with R and my editor where each week as we're doing work we record something different so there's something different going up every few weeks i'll uh, patreon only audiobook series interface oh. uh, which is a spooky spooky good time and uh big shout out to all our patreons uh shout out to you, kuman still again top patreon this month so thanks for looking out uh doing god's work and that's just the goddamn truth so <laughs> but as always i'm at dc on my hate hey i'm at literal citrus and we will see you guys next week it was a very emphatic ending. I didn't mean to do it like that, but it yeah, kind of I was
1: happened. I was gonna tack something on the end, but I figured now we'll just let the we'll just let the air breathe. It was very punchy. Yeah, we will just let the air breathe. I mean, you... okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm Bruce Bruce Banner. What? Oh, the Hulk. Yeah. Oh yeah, because
0: he doesn't like <laughs> I don't like that. It makes me paranoid. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> like a sex thing?
1: What that's the secret. Oh boy, it's Huffin' and Puffin'.
0: It was probably a song that reminded me of it, or I'd done
1: an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Writing is definitely an isolating thing. From an yeah. outside perspective, that's weird as well. makes part. us look really um, mental. But that is because of what it kind of said about art.
0: I did I, I had fun in bits, there were fun bits. We, won a, we went and bought a value pack of straps. Oh my god, bread. we did. There is a big lesson here to learn about storytelling. What did the ch- why did the chicken cross the road? Uh why? That's a good fucking question though, isn't it?